Good morning. It is Friday, April 16th, and this is the Commuter Devotional. My name is Chuck, and I'm so glad that you have decided to join us today as we seek to engage our God in scripture and prayer before the busyness of our day begins. Well, it is Friday, and if you've been around long enough on this podcast, you know that we use Fridays to begin preparing our hearts and our minds for the Lord's Day. Why do we do this? The answer is simple. Too often, as Sunday rolls around, we are just in no position to enjoy the Lord like we should. Sunday just becomes a normal day like the rest of the days of our week. We work hard during the week, we use Saturday to rest, we stay up late, and by the time Sunday comes around, we are exhausted and in no position to engage the Word or God's people in any proper way. So my friends, let's use today in this passage to begin preparing our hearts and our minds, organizing our schedules, whatever we have to do, so that when Sunday comes, we are ready to enjoy the Lord and feast at His table. Let me read our passage for us today. I'll pray, and then we will dive right into it. This is Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 45. And Jesus called them to Him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's pray together. O Lord in heaven, as we now turn to meditate on your word, think through it, interpret it, and try to apply it to our lives, Lord, we ask for your help, because we know that we are wrestling with glorious truths today, a beauty that is stunning to behold, and we do not want to do that without your help. Lord, use your spirit to help us grasp it in its fullness. That is our prayer. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Well, my friends, Our passage today is sort of the ending and follow-up to yesterday's passage. We saw yesterday that James and John come to Jesus and they want him to do something for them. They want him in his glory to grant that James and John would sit at his left and right hand, positions of power in Jesus' glory. And Jesus says right away in kind of a remarkable way that you guys just don't understand why I have come. And we already know this. At this point, Jesus has predicted his death and resurrection three times. And we know from a few of those passages that the disciples are scratching their heads trying to figure out what it means that the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the one that the whole Old Testament is pointing to, says he's coming to die and be resurrected. And so Jesus turns now in our passage today to some teaching to explain to make it clear. And this is right in step with what Jesus has been doing throughout the entire book of Mark. He's not been talking in some sort of shady way that makes people confused, but instead he said, I am making the word plain. Do you guys remember that back in chapter 4? Jesus says, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? Jesus is saying in a very plain way, I've come to be the light, and I am going to make it plain before you why I've come. And so, this passage today 
is the clarification that we need as readers of Mark's gospel to understand the answer to the question, why does Jesus have to die? Jesus starts his teaching by explaining and comparing the leadership that Jesus is going to have in his glory compared to the leadership that the Gentiles have over the Jews. This is a Roman world, remember, and the Romans are happy to lord their authority over the Jews. And this is what they expect of Jesus. Peter has confessed him as the Christ. And in his definition of the Christ, he's thinking in similar terms to what the Romans do to the Jews, only Christ is going to do it to the Romans. Be a conqueror, lording his authority over the ones who have conquered the Jews. Be a conquering hero. But Jesus turns that whole paradigm on its head and says, That is not how I'm going to lead. That is not how I'm going to be in my kingdom. Verse 45 of chapter 10 is the diamond of Mark. If all of Mark is the golden band, the beautiful band that forms the ring, verse 45 is the diamond. John Piper actually said of this verse once, that this is the verse that turns Christianity into the gospel, into good news. Jesus says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. My friends, Jesus came to die for a purpose. He must die so that we don't have to. That's the plain truth that Mark is trying to put before us today. We learned in the first half of this book the answer to the question, what is the gospel? And through a series of careful narratives and miracle stories and teachings, we landed on the answer that Jesus himself is the gospel. He is the good news. And right after we landed on this truth, we were presented by Jesus with this bold prediction of his death. And so we're scratching our heads going, wait a minute, why does Jesus have to die? And finally we know. So what do we do with this truth, my friends? Because if we were raised in the church, this is something we know. It's a verse that we have all probably had memorized since we were children. I can think of two things. First, we can behold it as a glorious truth. This is a fact of our faith that we grip and we will not let go. We believe that all of Scripture is God-breathed, that all of it is useful, but that does not mean that certain parts of Scripture aren't more just glorious and beautiful than others. And this verse, my friends, is one that we can look at and meditate on from different angles, different perspectives, and no matter how we look at it, just like a diamond, it always is beautiful. But the second thing we can do with this truth is it's sort of a confession of the faith, isn't it? We believe that Jesus came not to be a glorious king. We cannot compare him with other leaders in this world. But instead, he came to be a servant. He even uses the language of a slave. He came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is a confession that we hold dear as Christians. This cannot change or we lose our faith. And so there's a lot of confessions we have in the faith. And there's a lot of things we can do with them. But the way I've been meditating on this verse today as I've been preparing all day to 
finally come to this verse is I've just been thinking about how often I ignore the ransom part of this verse. That Jesus came to pay our ransom. This is a word we do not use in our English vocabulary unless it has to do with some crazy crime TV show or serial killer story. Ransom means that there is a debt to be paid. That the person who needed to pay it could not pay. And yet Jesus paid it for us. Why did Jesus have to die? Because somebody needed to pay the penalty for our sin. And either it was going to be us for all eternity, or Jesus, the perfect Lamb of Heaven, who would pay that price for us. I echo exactly what John Piper says. This is the verse that turns Christianity into good news. My friends, if you don't know this good news, please call up a local church and a friend, your grandma, anyone who knows the gospel, who holds these truths so clenched in their fist that they won't let it go for anything and explore it. This is Christianity, my friends. So as we go into our weekend, do we have anything more beautiful to meditate on, to prepare our hearts and our minds for Sunday than this? Does this not make you want to feast at the Lord's table, to hear the word preached to us and just worship and adore our servant king? Let me close us in prayer today. Heavenly Father, as we now go and we close out another week of ministry on the Commuter Devotional, Lord, we are so happy to continue to do this ministry because of verses and days like today. Lord, it is so fun to see how all of Mark is just pointing, 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 pointing to this glorious verse here in chapter 10. Lord, there's nothing like it, knowing that you came not to be a king over all of men exercising authority, but instead to show us, to serve us, the lowly, the fools, the ones who think that we are kings. And you paid our ransom anyways. Lord, as imperfect as all of us are, as foolish as all of us are, as confused as all of us are, you paid our ransom. Oh, we will confess that. And we will sing that song all the way into glory and afterwards. You are our God. There is none that we should worship beside you. No one deserves it except Jesus Christ himself. We pray all these things in his name. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Amen. Go in peace. I will see you on Monday.